0: Our proud partner of the Collegesdale CL Media, this is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. All right, guys, I want to tell you a little bit about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing brand that proceeds of the shirts, the hats, and everything else go to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. This whole t-shirt company started from me taking care of a five-year-old girl from the emergency department at the children's hospital I worked at in Atlanta for a while back. Um, I thought I needed to do a little bit more than kind of just talk about my story. So this is how I started the clothing line, because I wanted to show people that even though diabetics have this really bad disease, we can still do amazing things in our life, and diabetes won't stop stop us reaching our goals. So go check out type1lifting.com. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, you can always reach me out on Instagram. It's type one lifting and hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor for the type One lifting podcast. The company is called Liberté lifestyle. So Liberté is a French word meaning freedom. And the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts, Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves and I love them so much. They haven't, the neoprene's still good, Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I've had in the past, uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's Type 1. So go to Libertelifestyle.com, uh, check out what they have in the store, use the promo code Type 1, and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. All right, guys, welcome to a new episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a very great guest. He's a fellow type one diabetic. He is a business owner for, he's a co-owner of uh, four time UK, uh, Toby Buckland. How are you doing?
1: It's all right. <laughs> Sorry, I caught you mid. bit. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. Sir. Uh, thanks for taking the time and having me on.
0: Yeah. I, um, for, I don't know. I, I know I saw you on Instagram and for some reason, I think I clicked on your profile and I saw like, type one diabetic. And I was like, Oh, okay. Here's another diabetic in the CrossFit space. Love it. Gotta, gotta instantly follow you. So in that, and I I love your story of, you know, you being a diabetic and you're, you're pretty, you know, you're, you're a very good athlete in the CrossFit space. Very good athlete. And also you have a business. So that's why I kind of wanted to get you on the podcast. And so, um, especially with all, um, I, the main question I have is, um, since you're in the UK and I'm in the States, I don't know if the girls in the uk do this too but during the fall season are they like obsessed with like pumpkin everything
1: no nah, no nah, we have a different culture over here no nah, we have a different <laughs> culture it's uh it's too expensive to go out to starbucks and get get any kind of pumpkin spice stuff going on it's um it's too expensive but i know in america it's, it's big over there isn't it the whole kind of pumpkin spice season and yep, everyone's everyone's on that bandwagon
0: yeah. yeah. My, my wife's obsessed with it. So anytime when like one, one leaf falls, it's just like, all right, let's get pumpkin stuff. And I'm like, it's not even October yet. Just, just wait, just, just give me, give me a second.
1: No, I, I like my coffee too much just by itself. I don't need to add a, uh, any pumpkin to that.
0: Yeah. I'm, right, I'm pretty yeah. much just like very little milk. If that no sugar, just, you know, nice and dark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I say people that people that add milk to their coffee don't actually like coffee. They just like milk. But, um, but, yeah, no, definitely just black coffee and, uh, yeah, yeah. Of the day.
0: Awesome. So um, you're a fellow diabetic. So I always talk to the the people that I interview as that are diabetics. Like, how how did that whole – like, tell me your story of how you became a diabetic.
1: Yeah. Uh, so when I was uh, – yeah, so before I was turned 15 years old, so I was 14. Yeah. Um, around kind of christmas time new year time um kind of just feeling a bit run down feeling all right kind of got through that new year period mm-hmm. and then from sort of january through till february um i lost i'm trying to make pounds pounds, probably about 30 to 40 pounds damn um Whew. which which yeah it was about 15 kilos so yeah 35 pounds mm-hmm. Which, when you're a 15 year old kid, uh, I was playing like rugby full on, full time. So I went from kind of being like a, a good rugby player to just ill, basically, and and injured the whole time and sick. And then, um, yeah, just like as we said said before you started, like just the the constant drinking water, mm-hmm. needing to go to the toilet, kind of ten times a night, just like constant exhaustion. It doesn't matter how much you eat, like <laughs> the yep. energy doesn't come. And yeah, it's uh, and then yeah went to a hospital diagnosed and then discharged that night or the night after and then yeah that was yeah when I was when I was 15 so 23 now so yeah 8 years down the line
0: oh same same time as me so
1: yeah yeah still <laughs> still not getting any easier
0: no 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 so is yeah. anyone in your family is anybody in your family get have di- diabetics diabetes no
1: the, no there's no history of it i'm the first one yeah, yeah. first first gen
0: that's crazy because sa- same with me too. I'm the only person in my family that has diabetes. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I think – I don't know whether it's becoming more and more common or what the trend is, but there's definitely more and more people I meet now with who are diabetic for sure. I remember I worked in um, in Australia for a year, and when I was at the school there, like in, in my school, I was the only one really. I mean maybe there was someone else, and there was probably mm-hmm. like a 1,000 kids at the school or maybe just under that, and in Australia, it's like a – Maybe there was a dozen to kind of nearly 20 kids, which is like, which for a similar amount of people, maybe a thousand kids again, yeah. seemed like, seemed like a lot to me, but um, I'm not sure what it's like in the States.
0: Yeah. It's, it's getting more and more rampant for some reason. So I, yeah. I've noticed. So, but the crazy thing is, is I, I read a stat, I think it was like last year that the 60% of new onset diabetics get it after they're 30. And so, really? yeah. And I was like, yeah. I don't, I, and it's like typically like, you know, you would think, you know, somebody be like, oh, you know, how old are you when you got diabetes? Like, you know, was a juvenile and stuff like that. And it's like, I hear, and you know what? even me being in the military, um, you know, I actually have like a couple other people like prior military, but I've actually had like five of the people I know that got diabetes after they quit the military too. So I don't, I don't know what's going on over here, but it's, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I've heard the kind of the rule of sevens, right? Whereas every it's like 7, 14, 21, 28, 35, those are like kind of when the autoimmune conditions, yeah, yeah, things can happen. So, like, I mean, I was 14, you said you were you're 35. It's kind of weird it happens that way. I do mean, yeah. whether it's just an old wives' tale or not. but I don't, um, I don't know.
0: That, I've never heard of that one. That's it. It's definitely. You know, I, not, I, I've heard of the sevens, but I didn't really like put a two to two together for like diabetes or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just kind of any, I don't know, weird. Kid it's uh, obvious as to why i guess
0: yeah yeah um so when you got officially diagnosed with diabetes so how did how did your family like manage it like you know were they like what what were they doing throughout the whole process of you being being a diabetic now
1: yeah so i mean i was quite so i went to i got a scholarship to go to um a private school in the uk which is the equivalent but basically you live away from home so you're you're living at the school the Mm. whole school year so I was quite independent anyway, or, or like to think I was. Um, and so I remember like when I first went to hospital, it was just me by myself in the hospital. And then, uh, yeah, my mum drove down, we kind of sorted out. I was there for a few days and headed back to school. So it was never kind of a process of, um, like introducing my family to the care of how I thought I was managing it at the time kind of thing. It was, it still is really just learning on the fly and, um, making mistakes and kind of adjusting to it
0: yeah yeah so um do you do your parents like have any like like times they say like oh are you allowed to eat this or you know can you eat this like, do they do they ask you that question once in a while or even your relatives
1: no my, my mom used to be a nurse so she roughly like she knows what's going on but i remember okay. it was i was there, literally diagnosed like a week before my birthday and my mom kind of i don't know she was quite emotional at the time obviously and it got to my birthday and she'd like bought a massive cake and then she'd had a meltdown because she was like, Oh my god, like why I'm such a bad like I've then. Been... Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Just just it was just a nightmare. And you're sitting there, like, I'm not that bothered. Like, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of underestimated potentially how much of a how much that put my mum through probably, like looking back on it now.
0: Oh, yeah. But,
1: um like I think I mean if one of your kids is diagnosed, right? You'd probably be pretty, pretty gutted and it'll be interesting to just- I yeah, don't know whether because we are we're, again, we're both first generation diabetics, right? Whether it's whether it stays in the um genetics or not or how it works, it'd be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, I so, so
1: hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully cr- not. yeah, cross my yeah. fingers definitely. Like, yeah, but um yeah.
0: yeah, with with my kids, so there's one, one seven and one four I've already uh, said before, but uh, yeah, my I, I always get concerned. I'm like, you know, are they gonna become type one diabetics like later on? And I guess supposedly I don't know if this is true. I I you know, I should have gotten the numbers before this, but like after you hit like a certain age, like it's less and less of a chance for them getting di- di- getting diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I guess um they did a blood uh, a test with my son and daughter to see if they have like the gene to get diabetes. And so so, so far no, but I'm like you, you never know. They might get sick one day and you know, the white blood cells attack their pancreas and you never know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you never know what's going around nowadays
0: yeah it's it's crazy but um so have you have you been yeah so have you been stabling managing your uh your diabetes and everything
1: uh stable is probably the wrong word so i i constantly have hypoglycemia so low blood sugar um which i mean i function like i can still uh, i still do a lot of things but a lot of the time uh when my girlfriend well been living with my girlfriend kind of for the past three years i'm now not living with her she's i'm at university here and she's with her parents but yeah a lot of the time of those last three years she's having to pick me up off the floor most days Jeez, um which is again probably one of those things where i kind of underestimate how much of a, a toll i'm putting someone through but she um now nah, she's good she's uh she's been great with it
0: yeah i mean i feel i feel bad for my wife because she has to deal with like everything like i'm driving in the car and all of a sudden like for me when i get lows my eyes start twitching they skip a beat so they can go from like the left hand side to the right hand side with and like just stop and then go to the next one and i'm like okay i need to i need to pull over you know and you need to drive and she looks at me like it, it's it can get frustrated for them and i and i i feel bad i'm like but what, what am i gonna do
1: yeah yeah you, you try yeah i mean we say we're trying our best right but um yeah they 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 seem to know what's going on before before i do
0: yeah. So she, do you, uh, yeah. Yeah, she
1: get, recognizes it a mile off before I do. Yeah.
0: Do you get any mood swings or anything like that? Uh,
1: not when I'm low. Like low blood sugar, I don't really get any mood swings. I just I'll just be weird, really. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, just be weird. Like a bit a bit zoned out. My facial expression kind of changes. Um, but yeah, I mean, not necessarily mood swings. Um, just like instant kind of fatigue, basically. And then with high blood sugar, I tend to get quite like. Aggravated and like a bit frustrated at things, basically. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So obviously, being a diabetic, it's it's a numbers thing. So do you yeah. get do you do you get frustrated when you get like really high all the time and like like how do you manage it or are you just kind of like yeah it is what it is and I'll just you know change it when it happens.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm I don't really have a problem with going like going high for me like isn't really pro- it just happens like it just doesn't happen very often you know like mm-hmm. I'll go above um trying to think of your units it's like 18 so above maybe one 180 maybe like two three times a week depending on on what i'm doing um so yeah it's not that that's not a problem with me it's just it's just trying to basically get through the day each Mm -hmm. day um so it's always it always seems to be kind of going low so it's just it's just about constantly kind of getting food in um but yeah I, I try not to get too frustrated maybe she's got a different story if you ask my girlfriend but um
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but
1: yeah otherwise it's all right
0: yeah so um do you do you wear like a cgm or anything like that
1: yeah so um over the kind of the last two years i got a uh, nova disc uh continuous bug glucose monitor yeah and um again i'm not I'm sure how it works in the us but we through the nhs basically my again my blood sugar was going so low so often that the nhs sort me one out one out for free so i've been on that for since basically
0: okay so, um, so yeah where do you, where do you put it
1: oh so i have it on the on the oh, back okay of, I don't know if you can see it yeah, yeah it's on the back of my arm there yeah
0: okay yeah i i, I had the fr- the freestyle libre for a while and like my problem was the the jumps between blood sugars were just too high for me that i couldn't i, I couldn't handle it so there would be like one time to be like 120 points well, I, you know, um, 120 points off from where I checked my blood sugar. And so I'm like, I can't really trust that. And so they gave me the, uh, the Dexacom, the Dexcom, whatever that little, um, the, it's like a better one, supposedly yeah, yeah, connect, thought... that connects to your phone. So I've been, I've been using that for a while and I, I, I love it, you know? And so the only, the only problem is with that is they want to put it in like next to your belly, but like, since I work out, I'm like, or do like bar muscle ups and I'm like, I don't want to hit it and knock it off.
1: Yeah, I've quite uh, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of kind of things on my skin or on my body. Um, but yeah, I think I think the those continuous blood glucose monitors, whether you have, I don't know, the DEXCOM or the, the Freestyle, Libre, they've they've probably changed my life quite mm-hmm. like uh, drastically with the because obviously, as you know, like with the when you think of prick test, there's no um, awareness of kind of the direction in which that blood sugar is going. So it does make a big difference and it it has changed my management of diabetes hugely. Um,
0: so yeah awesome very cool yeah my uh i'm still since i've been sick it's been like a work in progress like i've been up to like the 300s and staying like 300s throughout the whole night like really really high and i'm like i'm at the point i'm like what's what's better staying up and taking insulin or just sleeping so it's almost to the point i just like asleep. i'll just i'll yeah. just sleep for right yeah.
1: now yeah but yeah, um, Ill- illness is the funny one with it isn't
0: it yeah what i can do and Sucks. But anyways, um, so I kind of want st- to um since I saw you on Instagram with you doing CrossFit, so how did you get involved with CrossFit?
1: Yeah, so um at school I was always kind of athletic and uh, well athletic. Uh, I was always into my rugby and uh took that very, very seriously. And uh like every other CrossFitter, I'm Uber competitive and when that kind of basically when I didn't get the contract um, to be a professional rugby player. I then spent a year coaching um, abroad. And then when I came back, just kind of had a void of competitiveness. I didn't want to do rugby. I was burnt out from it. I didn't mm. make the contract. I was like, well, I'm not going to be professional. So let's move on. And then my mates were just going to the local CrossFit gym, said, you should come along. And then like every classic story, first workout was
0: yeah,
1: It was a good awakening for sure.
0: Yeah. How long did it take? Do you remember how, how long it took you?
1: No it would have been strict um it would have been like around seven, eight minutes I think
0: were you like de- dead on the floor after
1: Yeah, I remember it was again like it's you go up every crossfit the gym, the shutter doors are open the coach was there he, the coach was doing the workout with us topless and he was obviously shredded and like but, like doing butterfly pull- ups and you're just like your mind's blown and you're trying to do strict pull- ups and yeah it was uh it was a rough feeling i I think I was so slow it didn't actually hurt that bad either. Like it was just it was just awful and so slow.
0: Yeah, you're doing like sets of five on the strict pull-ups and then like taking a breather, then like doing it again.
1: Uh yeah, if that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very cool. So um when when did you realize, you know, that like you're like, hey, I kinda wanna make this into like, you know, maybe go for pro or like, you know, be one of the elite athletes.
1: Um I'm still I'm still uh weighing that weighing that up really.
0: Um because
1: obviously it's tough right you're even right until even if you make the games is there's not a guarantee of financial reward Mm -hmm. Uh, at some point at some point like no matter how much you love something you like you do need to live you need to like earn money and it's different for some people right like um some girls that train at the gym you know they have their food provided and their sponsors provide x y and z and it's different for each person but um yeah so I've not really decided it's just it's now I'm at university for three years or this is my last year it's kind of that's provided me a buffer to um because they basically get a student loan over here so the government pays you x amount of money a year so I'm basically living in that um not spending any money elsewhere part-time job and just just like diving into CrossFit really but um it we'll see what happens in the next 12 to 24 months hopefully I can make that that jump
0: yeah so um you you were at the french throwdown and what was that whole like environment like for you being at like what like seeing all these like crossfit like these like european crossfit athletes and everything like that and like actually do like you know going head to head with those guys
1: well it was different right so i was uh i get a bit of stick for this but i actually i wasn't in the elite field at french Throwdown. oh okay all right yeah yeah yeah. so there we go it's a bit of stick um yeah, so I was uh, actually competing in the RX field, which is the one below, because I've not really competed that much. And I can go on with a list of excuses. But um, I basically had a lot of work commi- work commitments around the time. Uh, had like a 60-hour work course going into the, the French throwdown. So it was, it was a bit of a different environment, a bit of a different atmosphere. And it was, um, I wanted to go there with the in- obviously the intention of winning and like learning how to win. Because I think that um, my thought, before it was that a lot of crossfitters even perennial you know games athletes have there's a difference between you know going to the games and learning how to keep the lead and mm-hmm. competing and being like a top 10 games athlete as it is just, just going and getting some pictures taken um which which sounds a bit like sounds, everyone who goes to the games right they're incredible athletes but there's, a, there's obviously a massive jump zero to 10 10 to 20 20 to 13 i think it's a different it's a different mindset game. It's a different mindset a approach to everything if you're going there to win versus going there just to compete um,
0: i agree i agree
1: yeah i mean i, I don't want to slag off any games athletes obviously they're they're insane what they do um but there's even you know you can even see people at the games this year The the bottom 10 athletes who are just kind of surviving from the get-go
0: mm-hmm. yeah and some of them obviously like they, they go to the games merely merely for maybe getting an extra sponsorship or something like that or you know obviously like Taking pictures, like even even Dave Castro, I, I believe, said that like you know you're here for the games to to win, like suddenly You have some other people that are here just to take a picture or whatever, and just kind of be here. And like I obviously like if I was at the games, I I want to win that I want to win that bitch.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, yeah, I'm not there yet. When I get there, maybe I'll have a different opinion and be like, well, look, these guys are good. Let's just let's just go and survive. But I mean if I was given that situation now with how naive I still am, I would say, yeah, let's go there. Let's go there and try and win it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so what was the whole, um, what was like the whole, uh, you know, competition like for you, especially being a diabetic, your your numbers probably would have like been all over the place. And how did you handle that throughout the whole process?
1: It was, it was actually, uh, it was pretty smooth to be honest. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was great. Uh, eating lots of carbs burning lots of carbs like uh, it's, it just seems to be like an in and out equation really um, the only time I had a hiccup was maybe before like a max lift event um, I was having low blood sugar it was a good event for me so like I'm a stronger guy in CrossFit so
0: mm.
1: before a max lift event it was it would have been worse maybe if it was a a different kind of style event but I knew that I could take my time get some honey in or fast carbs warm up a little bit less and and go out so that, that was the only kind of hiccup, but otherwise it was, it was pretty smooth sailing.
0: Okay. So when you, when you get low, you see, you just typically uh, take honey or anything like that, or do you just have like just, uh, yeah. glucose tabs?
1: Yeah. Just fast carbs, like aids, honey, uh, just, uh, dried mango, any kind of just, just fast sugar really. Um, honey pretty, it, sometimes it's, it's good. Sometimes it's not like yeah. drink, drinking honey is quite, um. It's quite a lot to, to take on, but yeah. uh, when you need it, you need it, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, t- I typically go for like the Sour Patch Kids, like the sugar, like, you know, gummy things. I just like take a couple of those and I'm like, okay, I'm, I, feel, I feel a lot better after I take those. But it's like there was one time I was low and I had like a whole bunch of pretzels and it just did not sit with my stomach whatsoever. I was like, this is so stupid, so dumb
1: yeah and it's yeah it's uh it's a balancing act right? what your stomach can handle but um yeah and then again like sometimes when i'm having a low right like uh when my girlfriend's dealing with with i don't know if i'm passed out on the floor pretty much she'll (laughs) come up up with me like a with a like an entree of four or five different sources of carbs and Mm -hmm. in that that moment of all moments that seems to be when i get super kind of uh picky with what i want and what i don't want which is hilarious right because I'm totally out of it. Like, I can't even remember what I've eaten five minutes from then. So, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird one.
0: Yeah. So, obviously, you are you said you were in uni. So, um, what is what is your training schedule like? You know, we're going, to, we're going to school and, you know, trying to, you know, at least try to get up there in the levels.
1: Uh. Yeah. So, it's, I basically, yeah, I prioritize the, I try and prioritize my training in the business first and then um i coach at a crossfit gym that kind of comes next and then my university is really on the on the back burner uh-huh. um, so i only go into university once a week um but i coach three times a week and then other bits and bobs on the side like running the business training and yeah things like that so it's all right i mean it's, it's like every other crossfitter right train six days a week twice a day is what it is um everyone's roughly doing the same things nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's just managing that around that. It's just, it's just kind of every day packing about 10 kilos of food to drag <laughs> along, drag along with me. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. I'm getting used to it. Um, I'm better being busy than, than not busy. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So, um, you said you're a CrossFit coach. So, um, do you kind of do some like quick training sessions, like in between classes or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So I just started a new gym in, uh, in Birmingham, which has been super accommodating to what I want to do and how I want to do it. And so they kind of, they'll program, well, they'll um, schedule me in for lunchtime classes, give me a one to four hour break, and then I'll be in on the evening classes. So they, yeah, from the from day one, they said, look, we're going to schedule into training time for you so you can train between classes. So I can't really complain too much of that.
0: Okay. Awesome. So um, obviously you being a coach, like everyone has different, different training methods or different ways of like coaching athletes. So how do you coach your, how do you coach the clients at that gym?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's (laughs) good question. So, uh, my degree is in strength conditioning and, you know, I could, I could, I'm interested in that and I could talk all day about why you should be doing X, Y, and Z. Mm But, at the end of the day, for a lot of these people, they're just kind of general population. They just want to get moving. They want to stay healthy, um, and so you know, I could critique their split jerk or their snatch all day or their proficiency on burpee box jump overs. But mm-hmm. like, I could I could say it all day, but they, they don't really they, they don't really give a shit, right? Like, no. they just want to get in, sweat, go home, feel good about themselves. And so you, just, you have to take that approach. Like, if they are if they are interested in I'll, I'll give them the info if they're not. Like it, it doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not too fast. Just move.
0: Yeah, I, I've I've, yeah. I've come to realize about that. They just want to get slammed on the floor and then all of a sudden just like go home and do whatever and like have a couple like pints or something like that after.
1: Yeah, exactly. They. Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? They, especially the early morning people as well. Like they've been coming in early morning for two, three years and. Whatever goals they had, maybe they haven't achieved it, but they're still getting up at five AM for a six AM class, ending themselves and having like a full day of work. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's impressive. But um, yeah, just sometimes you just gotta leave it with them, I think, and just let them do their own thing.
0: Yeah. That that's me. So I get up at like four twenty in the morning and then I have to get up at like I get to the gym around like five o'clock and just work out for like an hour and a half or like forty-five minutes, depending how much time I have. Because I have a nine to five job and I got kids I need to take care of and I'm not going to work out at night. Cause that's like spending time with the family. So it's just like, I gotta, I, you gotta get it in somewhere.
1: Yeah. How long, how long are you sleeping for?
0: Uh, I go to bed at 10 and I wake up at four twenty, So like six hours.
1: Jeez. Yeah. I wish I yeah. could function on that.
0: Well, I mean it, uh, on the weekends I typically, I typically sleep in. So I probably just like wake up to like eight thirty, nine o'clock or something like that. And then kind of, you know, go to bed at like 10 or 11. So I kind of, I mean, there's there's been a couple of times I've slept for like 12 hours on the weekends and trying to, trying to catch up, but that's, I mean, I got to make do. I mean, obviously, you know, I need to, I need to sleep, but you know, I want to work out too. So it's like, I got to have a happy medium.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I wish I was uh, that brave. I mean, that's the one thing that won't shift for me really is kind of no matter how busy I am, even if it gets to nine, 10 o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what i go on. Like I'm going to bed. I'm sleeping.
0: Yep. 10, ten o'clock is a shut off time. I'm like, okay, I'm done. See you. Na- Good night. You know, yeah. t- see you later. So, I mean, there's these, there were times I used to go to bed like eight thirty, and it was just, it just didn't help out with the, my, you know, my relationship with my wife. Cause she's like, you're literally going to bed at eight thirty at night and spending no time with me. So, so what's, what's going on? You can't, you can't be doing this.
1: Yeah. yeah maybe not yeah
0: yeah so that's that's why the 10 o'clocks just like I'll, I'll just i'll I'll leave at 10 she's like you don't want to go to bed until like 11 i'm like i for for what i mean like we're gonna watch tv it's like i don't yeah that's the thing
1: right? that's the thing is you stay up later but you're not actually achieving anything you just especially now my girlfriend's not living with me right it's just uh i'm just downstairs binging uh tv so it's not it's not too productive
0: yeah so do you have any like favorite shows you like watching right now
1: I've uh I've just started watching Breaking Bad from the start again. Okay. Which is uh just as good the second time around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Any any other ones at all or
1: uh dabbling oh, I just good TV, just I dabble a bit of drive drive to survive, just like that. Um just yeah, just something to switch my brain off
0: really. Yeah, I I I watched that series, The Drive to Survive. One, I loved every minute of it. It's it's insane, like how laser focused those guys are in, and like any like split second, they could just pretty much, you know, die.
1: Yeah, like I think about how
0: bad of a driver I am, and
1: like <laughs> I would, I would not last long in one of those for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, um, you said you actually own a business, and you're wearing the shirt of your business. So for time so how how did you start this company
1: yeah so that's a good question so yeah full-time fitness is uh, the name of our company we started about a year ago officially now um and to be honest i wish i could take credit for it but it's all it's all my girlfriend so she uh, her kind of whole family background since she was like eight years old like they sit down at the table and they talk about business and you know they've all in there she's got three four siblings three three siblings There's four of them three siblings and you know like I remember going around hers when we were younger and the dad would be at the top of the table talking about okay how's your business going how's your business going how's your business going yeah my business doing this and it was just such a foreign world to me Uh and it it still kind of is I I, I have no background in business and then um, so she was working under one of her family's businesses um, and then she started CrossFit kind of two years ago now ordered a pair of gymnastics grips thought like they're just the worst like they're badly designed badly fitting don't work like just unfunctional she's like like we can do these better surely so um yeah so she she wanted to launch a business and do that so she kind of runs all the business side of it and I run all the kind of product development um side of things so yeah it took us a while so we started that in 2020 and i started to get things going ish um uh yeah it took us about 12 months we went full circle on products and gymnastics grips basically and then uh yeah we launched in yeah october november 2021
0: so yeah awesome very cool so i I know you say you do gymnastic grips i I know you do a couple other products too What, what are the other products you guys have
1: yeah so so at the moment we uh, we just do gymnastics grips as our is our product so we do uh what do they call it two finger three finger fingerless gymnastics grips so it's three products of the same it's three variations of the same product mm-hmm. um and then we also do sweatbands because it seems everyone in the CrossFit space just loves merch and accessories um so they go quite well and then again these t-shirts we we don't even stock these t-shirts it's just um again a, an a, an addition to the kind of brand building and and merchandise side of it. Um, but yeah, in the next kind of two to six months, bringing out some new products, which we're excited for.
0: Okay. All right. Very cool. So, um, obviously you know, the gymnastic grips are pretty much like a pretty saturated market. Um, what have been some of like the successes that you've done so far with your, with the company?
1: Yeah. So, um, in comparison to what's on the current market um we think we're we're kind of taking the best bits of, of all of them so for example we've used grips in the past that have been okay they're super super grippy but they tear after a week and mm-hmm. there are some that you know last three years but you have to add half a bucket of chalk every time you use them and, <laughs> yep. and like it's, it's pretty crazy right and people are so um loyal to to brands in the crossfit space or um and people like to spend a lot of money on things which is which is crazy too like uh so we've got basically a, a lower price gymnastics grip um it lasts way longer we can put a lot of volume through them you know the the people that use them aren't small people and they aren't doing low volume um and they seem to last you know three plus months um they're and they're super grippy right so just taking all the best bits of both um and then from there Like our further gymnastics grips will kind of specialize more into, okay, these are going to be super, super grippy or these can be super, super durable and that kind of stuff. So so yeah, the success story is kind of, we've just taken, trying to take the successes of every other brand and build them into one. Like there's only so much you can reinvent the wheel with. Um, And so it's not about kind of creating something brand new and flashy and no one's ever seen this before. It's just taking the best designs from, from everything and putting them into one
0: yeah it's I, I i agree with that because like trying to reinvent the wheel doesn't really work all the time so it's you know it just makes something like that's simple easy and someone could actually Excellent. like you know handle it and like you know be like oh okay this is grippy or this is cool and they'll they'll love it forever so yeah definitely
1: and um you know like i don't know about uh what it's like in the u.s with the price range but in the uk obviously the brands like victory grips and bear complex and trying to name any other brands, but they're people are spending kind of 50, 60 UK pounds on them. So, you know, 60, $70 on them. And it's just, and there's no guarantee that they're going to last. There's no guarantee they're going to get on with them all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's crazy to us really. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're filling that void and actually we'll, we'll be, I'm not sure, if this podcast will come out or when it will come out, but um, we should be launching on Amazon US um, in the next week or. or oh, two. nice. So that, that'd be exciting. Yeah. We'll be able to launch Amazon US and get, get the products in, in America.
0: Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. There's uh, I've, I've reached out. Well, I've talked to a bunch of other like grip companies that are like starting out too. And it's like, I think Amazon is probably like the best way to go because you and you're going to get more recognition and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, Amazon's is a crazy environment, and it's it's its own kind of um, ecosystem of businesses. And there was a movement I remember about a year ago. You know, like don't support Amazon. It's it's all big business, all this kind of stuff, which is is crazy because it's it's almost the exact opposite, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's small businesses just trying to get a great amount of footfall. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more challenging. There's a lot more challenges to create your own website, try and get traffic there, and and convert the sale than it is to just go on Amazon rank highly um and, and get the footfall that way
0: yeah that, that's kind of like for me because i i started a shopify account like a couple of years ago for my t-shirt company and it's like i was paying like 35 bucks or whatever like a month every single month and it was great in the beginning because i was getting a lot more sales and stuff and now it's kind of like teetered off so i'm like pretty much just like throwing money out into like nothing to spotify
1: yeah yeah definitely and um that was that was one of the intentions was so my my partner um her background is through Amazon businesses, so managing and running Amazon businesses that are linked to our family basically. And um so she knew the kind of potential that Amazon has with any kind of business. But on the other kind of the, the dark side to that is you can create a brand on Amazon that's just faceless and has no kind of brand values and you can change the price tomorrow, today. You can stop this product, stop that product, bring a new product out. Like there's no um accountability to the brand and no one's really behind it. You just for example, she runs teeth whitening and it's uh like no one actually cares, right? You're not gonna get like a loyal teeth whitening brand. It's just they just, <laughs> they, just they just they just look at the review, um, they want the sale or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's cheap, it's the cheapest, it's the cheapest one to hire to be I'm gonna order it. Um, and so we are intentional to launch the brand first um, to try and get some backing behind the brand. People like the brand. And I don't know you, but also some of the brands in the CrossFit space, just their kind of um, their aesthetic or their, or they think looks good. Um, it's, it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. You know, people buying shoes and donuts on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, so we, we, we are intentional with kind of trying to make it a cool brand, trying to make it stylish and then go on Amazon after that.
0: Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love that. How are you doing it? So are you doing it all through, obviously you're probably all doing it through social media first, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All of our traffic really comes through social media. Um, we're not so, uh, yeah, all our, yeah, all our, all our traffic comes through social media.
0: Yeah. And are, you, are you getting a lot of feedback from social media?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we have feedback every day, you know, yeah tagging us people saying this people saying that and, and we're really b- vigilant with it and you know we're, we're intentional to reply and give feedback and we actually take feedback on very very seriously because obviously at the end of the day, there's only two of us running it right so it's either going to go to one co-founder or the other at the moment so um it does go to us we we take it very seriously with um even people sending us like uh this new product's come out could you do something similar or what's this technology they've just seen and yeah it's an interesting space um because yeah, you, you're never going to again go back to reinventing the wheel like crossfit gymnastics grips aren't ever going to be top of the food chain in a materials science no. market when we're, we're not ever going to be the first to a material the first to a product we will probably be three five years down the line um and so when someone brings out a new product or a, a new style of grip or there's all these um kind of plastic based grips uh, like chloroprene based with skyhill and stamina fitness and all these kind of plastic grips coming out at the moment. And, um, I know those are getting a great response and and we're going to plan on kind of developing those over the next, over the, the future basically. Um, Mm -hmm. so we do take our feedback on seriously and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's definitely fun at the moment. I'm learning a lot.
0: Yeah. So have you ever tried those rubber grips? The
1: rubber ones? Yeah. no. Okay. which what,
0: what, what brand so uh, they uh, there I think they're from element 26. So it's literally like you're you're I, I I bought them I'm I was not a big fan of them because the grips were so thick but the pro, like, it's rubberized so the bar if you put any chalk on the bar you're like slipping right off but if you're, there's no chalk on the bar you're staying right on but the problem is is like you're literally holding a tire in your hands around the bar so you have like another like a centimeter or whatever of distance between your hand, your palm and the bar. So you have to, you know, create your, a better grip on the bar and you actually get better grip strength, just even handling um, those grips.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, right, is you can, you can create the best, the best product if it's in an environment of X, Y, and Z or mm-hmm. there's so many like nuances to it, right? But at the end of the day, Karen from the gym, who is her fifth CrossFit class, has been told to buy this pair of grips just she doesn't care like she just wants to put them on they needs to be easy to use they need to be effective and so again we, we're as tension as we can with that um i mean a lot of the time we advertise you don't need chalk with our grips which again is totally true if you have a smooth um galvanized or smooth coated bar yeah. you, know, you won't need chalk but as soon as there's you know a little bit of chalk on the bar or the bar's super rough then you're probably gonna have to add some and so you know, you can be as intentional with the design as you want, but the actual practical application to it, um, is a different story.
0: Yeah. So, um, I have one other question about the the grip. So obviously like, you know, starting out, you must've had some pain points. Uh, for me with my t-shirt company, it was, when do I actually like start? And like, when do I actually like publish it? Like, you know, start my own shirt and then go for it. And then I realized I'm like, you know, me just dicking around is not going to, help me sell shirts so i'll just like start now and so um what what was like the beginning phases for um your company
1: yeah so it, it started with it was always going to be gymnastic scripts that was always going to be the first product um we started with you know 10 gymnastic scripts five gymnastic scripts three and just going through the testing process finalize some designs change the molds, change this change that change the design all this kind of stuff we're going in circles constantly and then we kind of just got to the point where okay well we think we've got it let's send it out to loads of athletes again we took on the feedback recycled that process until we we're at a point where yeah this is we really think this is the best product in the market let's we've got nothing to hide like let's just let's just um yeah so that happened uh, about a year ago now
0: awesome that's awesome and so how, how are you liking being a uh i hate i hate this word but an entrepreneur
1: Yeah, I've never actually, uh, no one's ever described me as an entrepreneur until now. So um, (laughs) again, like I'm not, um, I I technically am, but um, my business partner, uh, she runs the whole show. So yeah, she would know numbers, she would know figures, she would know footfalls, she would know everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of the guy that's, yeah, this is a good product or no, this needs changing or let's move in this direction, let's move in that direction. Um, but But she runs everything.
0: Yeah. I, I hate that word entrepreneur because everyone wants to supposedly be one and it's like the new cool word. And it's just like, I, I just want to run a decent business. Like, that's all I care. Like, I don't care about that word whatsoever.
1: Yeah, exactly. And people's telling courses now right, on how to, how to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> a successful entrepreneur. and Yeah, it's a strange world.
0: Yeah, and it's just like I, I don't know, and they they don't even have a big following. It's just like they got like you know a couple thousand you know followers on Instagram, and they're like, hey, you know, take my course on how to be a great entrepreneur. It's just like, you know, it's all yeah. pretty much like it's all for show.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no entry point to it, right? Like uh, you could have a four year old entrepreneur,
0: you know, she sells
1: you a, a- so it's definitely maybe an overused word. Um, but I wouldn't describe myself as an entrepreneur. Maybe when I, maybe when we start taking some money from the business, I can call myself that.
0: Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you that.
1: <laughs> everything we get, everything, <laughs> everything we get right now, everything we get right now is going back into it. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. So how, if you don't want me asking like numbers, internet, sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, so if you don't mind, don't mind like talking about numbers. So, um, if if you don't if you want to talk don't want to talk about it, we can always take it out too. So like what was the initial like payment for starting this company for you?
1: Yeah, so I'll have to double check my partner. I'm happy to talk about it. Maybe she should, should maybe take it out. But um, so yeah, so we again during the whole COVID, it kind of came at a perfect time, right? Of also launching a business because our government was giving out loans left, right, and center um, initially. Um, but we were kind of late on that bandwagon. So the goal in mind was basically to get 35 grand to launch this business. Wow. Which, um, yeah, yeah. So we, we took out some big government loans each. Um, and then we got some, uh, basically, uh, some family loans and we're, we paying back or we gave equity to, um, and so, yeah, that was our our launch. We then put a crazy stupid ordering, um, which we massively overestimated (laughs) um and yeah so again like it was one of those situations where we probably took on we we bit off way more than we could chew to start with um but we could only see it as a positive because it just meant we okay well we've done this let's let's dig ourselves out there no it wasn't a hole at the time it was just it was just stressful i guess um Mm -hmm. and it was just yeah like this is actually real like we this yeah, we're now accountable to this money, you know, <laughs> like yep. these, this is people's money. We've got investors, we've got loans we need to pay off. We've got customers we need to manage X, Y, and Z. And again, from my background, like I still, I still don't know a lot about um, kind of the bigger picture business stuff, like the immediate kind of forward facing stuff I see, but having the, the scope to look at a brand three, five, 10 years down the line, um, I still struggle with. And um. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a good experience, but we have to get that yeah. So going back to that, kind of going down all these avenues. To, yeah, it was it, it was it was 35 grand. Um we got uh we then put a big order in and then yeah, we've we pretty much made profit each month, um which is pretty insane. Like we weren't really expecting to spend any profit in the first year. Um just see everything is uh we're giving out to get back. 10 years down the line or five years down the
0: line. Um,
1: but it just seems to be successful and that's credit to just the, the product really.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. So um, do you, do you plan on like expanding like your social media platforms to like other like, you know, YouTube or anything like that with this company?
1: Yeah. uh it's, it's a good question that because I wish we could, um, I wish we'd have the time to, you know, be super vigilant on our Instagram and, post daily and same with facebook same with twitter same with youtube create videos get athletes behind us all this kind of stuff but when there's only two people running the show um
0: yeah that's that's really hard to do
1: uh, coaching yeah she, my business partner's got a full-time job but anyway um she runs a line. i've got my coaching my university my training all this kind of stuff so it's with the time we've got we're trying to be resourceful um but there's you kind of whatever's best like biggest bang for your buck kind of thing and right now Amazon and just managing the Instagram seems to be the two biggest factors. Like I would love to, in the future, have a, a YouTube channel, you know, where we're going around getting gym members experiences and athletes experiences and sponsoring competitions. And, um, but right now, just, uh, just managing the Instagram is hard enough for me. (laughs)
0: No, I I hear you. Same here, same here. But, um, I, I kind of want to go back on like the inventory that you got. So, when you first saw all that inventory were you like, holy shit, this is, this is real.
1: Yeah. I didn't, it's easy to talk about numbers. And then you, it was just, it's such a, a foggy time in the sense that I just kind of just was going with flow. It's very much like, not that I didn't want to take responsibility, but <laughs> I was very much just, just sole trust in my, in my partner to do the right thing. And, she over oh, while I was developing products for kind of 18 months, she was just doing all the market research for 18 months and came to this calculation. And we were like, well, based on the data, this is, this is the best decision. Um, and so, yeah, we, we went for it. So it wasn't too much of a shock and yeah, it, that that was what it was. And I mean, looking back now, like placing that order again would, would be madness. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting time right now with uh, kind of world economics and shipping things across, getting things developed, and everything keeps on going up in price. So maybe maybe it would be uh, better to, again, put it in a big order. But um, at that time, that was, that was uh, to our knowledge, the, the best thing we could have done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. All right. So um, I have um, a couple of rapid fire questions, but they're not really rapid fire. So you can kind of take as long as you want on these questions. Yeah. Um, so, um, do you have any goals, uh, yeah. do, do you have any goals for the rest of the year? Um, it could be like business wise or personal wise or any, and pretty much anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, semi-finals this year. Um, that's, that's the personal, that's probably the, the biggest personal goal I have right now. Mm-hmm. I think you may have, I are mean, you still with me? You cut out. Yeah, 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 I'm still here. It's still with me. Cool. Yep. Uh, it's just the internet seems to be playing up. But okay. Yeah. So semi finals, personal goal. Um, business, which uh, is basically to have a successful Amazon launch um, in the US. The, the UK market in comparison to the US market is just two different, two different beasts. Um, kind of underestimate just how American business is. And so to have a kind of even a small piece of the pie in America would be huge for us. Um, yeah. And then just, just finish my degree just to get off the list. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm settled.
0: Yeah. So, uh, once you graduate from your degree of strength and conditioning, are you looking to go into that path or are you looking just to work, uh, work for your four time for now on?
1: Yeah. I, uh, I like my own schedule. So, Probably not. I mean, the traditional route of S is basically you finish your degree and then you go get a um, an intern job, just getting paid nothing, mm-hmm. working with the team. And I'm I'm a bit of a, a late bloomer with university. You know, I'm I'm 23 now. A lot of people finish university at 20, 21, um, which you know at a different time. Maybe two years ago, I'd be interested in that. But having my own business, having things I want to do, um, you know, I, I don't want to live in the UK forever. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I want to kind of finish the degree, um, compete in CrossFit, and, and go abroad. I think.
0: Okay, where whereabouts, What what are some of the options that you're looking into to kind of move to?
1: Yeah, so uh, a big a big a big draw for us is is Portugal. Okay. Um, which I'm not sure if you know much about, but it's it's kind of a, a very cheap European country to to live in, um, and it's got it's got tax benefits too. So um, we'll see what happens
0: okay not not australia or anything like that
1: uh yeah yeah. maybe it's just so far i mean i like it yeah i do like it but um yeah and and with the whole visa it's quite it's a lot simpler to get a visa for portugal than it is is australia
0: okay all right um so do you have a favorite book
1: a favorite book uh it's a good question i think actually uh sapiens by bill bryson no it's not Bill bryson who's it by let me check sapiens book i just finished it recently
0: so what, what is it about
1: a brief history of humankind so it kind of goes from um the origin to to now basically um but yeah i thought i thought it was interesting
0: okay very cool I've, i'll definitely check that out so um what what is in your gym bag
1: What's in my gym
0: bag? Um, four time gymnastic grips.
1: Yeah, four time gymnastic
0: grips. Number one,
1: <laughs> um, and then carbs. Number two, really. I don't. I don't actually have a, a very busy gym bag. It's just knee sleeves, gymnastics grips, um, and carbs. Really.
0: Do you know? Do you don't wear lifters or anything like that?
1: No, not really. I did. I did. Last time I wore them was I maybe would pull them out once a year for a max lift. If, if, if only if it's in a competition in training i won't really ever wear them
0: hmm. okay yeah I, I my uh my old knees kind of need them so i need to get like at least a little bit more depth into my when i catch the squat or the snatch or something like that so i have to wear lifters like a good amount of times and there's times i'm like you know i i, I have a feeling i'm gonna get handicapped with this stuff so if i use if i use regular sneakers and all that stuff i'm gonna get screwed yeah
1: every now and then like bouncing out the bottom of the squat my knees uh give me a bit of a scream but otherwise i'm all good
0: yeah i mean you're 23 you should be fine just wait till you turn yeah. like 30 Once you get into like the 35 range and you know, then you'll start feeling the stuff
1: yeah but weights are heavy
0: yeah so um i forgot to ask you so what are, what are your numbers for like clean and jerk snatch uh, i'm just trying to do the pound conversion well, you could do Please. you could do, um, do kills it's all good
1: so snatch, I actually posted that today on my story. I realised two years ago I snatched um 140 kilos, so three, oh eight. Damn. Um, and then clean this year in the quarterfinals. Um, that was one eight six kilos, so that was four, ten four nine. That's um, insane. And then and then clean and jerk or jerk. It's probably around three. 7'5, 380.
0: Now, how how tall are you?
1: I'm 5'11. I never made the six foot.
0: <laughs> so so my thing is so everyone, I everyone all my listeners know I'm like six six.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. And I'm like two two 220 roughly around. I, I kind of teeter around that. And so yeah, I think my my max clean and jerk was 320. And this was like last year. And so then my snatch was like 240, and it was a power snatch and then like back squat, it's like suck at deadlifts i just i don't even want oh jeez yeah de- ba- deadlifts what i don't want to touch because my back just gets thrown out cuz it takes forever for me to get up
1: yeah it's a long way to go
0: yeah but you know it's it's not bad i'll, I'll take those numbers at forty forty two. 42 so
1: yeah I'll, I'll i'll be i'll be out by then i'll be in a wheelchair i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> cross um, it would have ruined me
0: yeah i mean but i've been doing it for 12 years so i mean think i'm i think i'm doing pretty good so hopefully i can i want to get to like 330 on a clean and jerk hopefully by this by like next year and you know into maybe like a 250 snatch and then i'll be happy and i'll just like i'll be like okay no no more one rep maxes or anything like that
1: yeah it's uh it's a tough one isn't it lifting i think uh it seems to be a a big people a big focus point for people you know like uh, i know a lot of people that have basically got into crossfit and have spent three years just just lifting and finishing with a workout but um yeah it kind of it kind of bores it not bores me but like uh i think if i if i wanted to get any better at lifting um kind of those progressions just gonna suck so <laughs> i'd much rather just get fitter yeah um, yeah definitely
0: yeah. And like my, for my thing is it's like, okay, I've hit like 300. And then like, I always want to go up higher and higher and higher. And it's like, what, when is there like a happy number for me to stop?
1: Yeah. That's the thing, right. I don't know if there ever be, um, no. especially when you got some, some egos guys in the gym that kind of are constantly giving you chat and, uh, I have to keep the boys in check around here make sure make sure they know what's up
0: yeah so the funny thing is is when i hit 315 for the first time i was like in a gym um it I, I i there's a it's a kind of like a like a global gym it's not a box that i that i lift weights in and so like all the teenagers were like you know doing their bro splits and stuff like that they all stopped and just like could, you could feel when people are like watching you and you're like okay i i have to hit this like i everyone's everyone's literally watching me do this left and so I caught it and then I went and put it over my head, and I was like, I was happy. And like all the teenagers are like, Holy shit, this is like unreal. Cause like I don't think anybody's like lifted that much weight at this gym. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's huge. Those are the best videos, right? You see those videos on Instagram of you's usually women in global gyms just like maxing out and just everyone's there, just mind blowing.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. So so back to the questions. So this one's a little deep, so um let's just say, you know, you're on your, this is your last day on earth. You have all your friends and family around you. Um, how do you want people to know you as?
1: Oh, so I kind of like my legacy. What, what legacy would I like to leave? Um, what legacy would I like to leave? I don't know. I kind of, this is, this is something that goes through my head quite a lot often actually. Um, I often think like just like will I ever be kind of not significant but just like (laughs) never remembered kind of thing Um, so uh, what my legacy would be yeah Uh, not CrossFit hopefully Um, uh, just someone who oh I just like to know a lot of things I'm interested in a lot of things there's no there's no single avenue that like um I'm super um specialized in I'm actually listening to a book at the moment which is how I talk about this called range and uh basically the benefits of being a generalist in a specialist world, and so maybe maybe that's it right like I'd like to be that person that someone you could ask any question to and like mm. they're, they're they're roughly gonna know something on that so maybe maybe that I don't know if that that is something you could leave behind but but maybe that.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think my, um, my legacy is going to be useless knowledge, useless dad knowledge. Cause like, yeah. I know the most random things, but then it comes to like something important. I'll f- completely forget about it.
1: Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I'd rather, yeah. I'd like to know facts on dolphins and whales, but like I couldn't put up a shelf or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like,
0: yep. But, yeah. Yep. Yep. Same with me. So, um, all right, cool. So um, where can people reach out to you if they have any questions about your grips, you know, your the box that you coach at or pretty much like anything else um you know they have a question for
1: yeah so my instagram is uh at toby underscore buckland b-c-k-l-a-n-d um reach out to me on there or my business's instagram which is four time uk at four time uk um yeah I'm, I'm, i don't i wish i could say that i get uh filled with messages and my inbox is always full but uh one message comes in a week, I'm sure I'll see it. So, um, so yeah, they can reach out to me there if if they'd like to have a chat.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show, especially like being from across the pond, you know, and I, I'm sorry I had to reschedule it, you know, to this, you know, to today. So, um, but yeah, thank you for taking the time. Love hearing your story about you being a diabetic, your business and all that stuff. Cause I always like hearing the business side of stuff too. And yeah, I appreciate everything, you know, you've told me today
1: cheers thanks for having me on
0: it was uh good to meet you yeah you too all right awesome thank you for doing this by the way that's all right